keep nurturing past ones. That showed up for me initially where I started just texting three new people a day, like how their relationship, like what that meant to me. And that connects with people on such a personal level. So I highly suggest that one little action step that people can take from this podcast, reach out to one new person in your context list a day and just let them know you love them. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Antonio Vaglica, the founder of Consistency Wins, a community that helps current and former athletes maximize their potential in both life and business. On top of building this community, Antonio also manages a financial services firm in which both his team and him work with entrepreneurs and growth-minded individuals along their journey to accumulating and protecting their assets. For anyone who wants to make an impact above and beyond just their immediate career or job, Antonio does an amazing job in this conversation explaining how you can move cities, grow relationships, and build businesses that provide positive impact in all areas of life. So please welcome to the show, Antonio Vaglica. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today I'm super stoked because I have my buddy Antonio Vaglica in town from Miami, and I'm ready to chop it up with him. But before we do that, how's it going? Life is great, man. Finally made it out to Austin after three years of virtually knowing you, so I'm glad we were able to make it happen. It is so beautiful out here. The weather, I went from hot to hotter, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> 97 degrees out here yesterday. Um, we had a great workout, so it was, it was a good time. I'm, I'm enjoying it here. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good place that I found for people to come visit, just because you can do so much in such a short time frame, mm-hmm. as you all have noticed, like you're staying out towards the lake, but within 30 minutes, you could be downtown and do a bunch of different stuff. And then the airport's within 20 minutes of downtown as well. So it's really cool to be the person that helps other people when they visit here, see what Austin yeah. is all about and know that it's not going to take much for you to get something from your trip. So that's mm-hmm. something that I've experienced as, as a host, but enough about how great Austin is. I, I talk <laughs> about that a lot on here. Um, first thing I'd love to get into with you is you gave me this consistency wins yes. band on my wrist. That makes me so happy that you're still wearing and, it. And uh, yeah, man, of course. Um, it's a good reminder. I don't have the tattoo like you do <laughs> just yet, but why have you attached yourself to the word consistency? Great question. Um, so you want the long version or the longer long version? Long version. So yeah, so there's uh, quite a story here. So let's let's bring it all the way back to early life where literally all I identified as was a baseball player. That's all I cared about. I went to baseball with a side of school. Um, didn't really care about getting good grades. I got good grades, um, but it was more just baseball. That was it. I neglected hanging out with my friends, missed all the family vacations just to train uh, traveled the country, went to boarding school for high school, went to college in South Carolina. And it was a genuine, real vision that I was going to play at the next level. And for reasons out of my control, I didn't play there at the next level. I didn't get drafted. I was told I was, and I didn't what get drafted. What was the next level? 
So the next level was playing in the minor leagues to eventually play in the major leagues. And that was like a realistic thing. I wasn't being delusional about it. I was I was a pretty solid player. And what position do you play? I was a catcher. So when that happened, instead of going the like independent ball and playing professional just to keep on playing, I immediately quit on myself. I was just like that was the first time that I experienced massive failure because I was always the best guy on my team. Never really had issues in my life because I grew up super upper middle class. Our only problems, like I was telling you yesterday, was the fact that we had no problems. So like overcoming adversity really wasn't something that I had to deal with until that point. And I fell flat on my face. I was like, oh my God, all these years of this work and the sweat equity build up to nothing. And, and what does of- that look like? And sorry to cut you off yeah, because sure. like I'm trying to put myself in, in your shoes. Like you went to college and you played in college. Like give us the rundown of what it the progression looks like for an athlete in baseball to potentially make it to the pros. Yeah. So, so first off, when you get to college, especially playing division one, everyone was the best player at their school. Right. Yeah. So now you come in, you get real humbled real quick. So I didn't, I didn't start actually for the first two months of the season. And so my coach pulled me to the side one day, cause I was struggling just catching up to like guys throwing like 97, 98 miles an hour. And he's like, Hey, I, I want to put you in the game because you're a good player, but like, I don't trust you to catch the ball. And I was like, wow, like, you know, that's, that's so true. And some people would just like crumble for that, like that terrible reality. And I was like, you know what? Like that, that motivated me. So like for hours before practice, I would sit in front of a machine and just have it throw really fast, fastballs at me and eventually earned my way into the starting role and became a starter full time. The coach was not a nice guy though. Seven of us, eight freshmen left the school. Actually, we transferred to another school and I moved on to a school that gave me the ability to, to really be the player that I could really develop in. And we won multiple championships. The culture was amazing. So that was really awesome. Now, like, Once you get to a point where you're helping a team win, your individual stats no longer matter in my opinion. Because I'm all just about winning. How can I do the best I can to help my, to help my team win? And when the goal is actually winning championships, as opposed to the school I went to earlier, was just like, hey, let's have an okay season and let's all just do okay statistically. This was about winning championships at the highest level. Your training starts to pick up. Your motivation begins to pick up. I was hiring a trainer that was training major league athletes, and I was working with him alone. So that was where the separation was starting to gather for myself. And you come around junior, senior year, and you start talking to scouts. Things get a little bit bigger. You start worrying about going to different showcases and all that stuff. But I was never the type of guy that would like to go to all these different showcases because that was not my skill set. I didn't throw 99 miles an hour. I didn't hit the ball 500 feet my IQ, my ability to lead teams, my ability to pitch call, all like the mental intangible sides, that's where I really excelled. And like the clutch factor, all those things. And I guess I did not get the proper exposure that I needed to at the right times to then eventually get my opportunity. And I saw so many people go off the board on the on draft day that I've played against that I personally thought I was better and good for them. Amazing that they got their opportunity, but I thought I had my fair share of a shot and didn't work out that way. Turns out to be the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I digress. That's the the small version of the of just the baseball side of things. There's a long, long journey ahead. It there. reminds me, well, the thing is, like, you were still so far ahead of a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about life is like even though you saw these people going on to this next phase, but like even getting to that phase is you're still like the one percent. Mm-hmm. That's the cool part. But for me, it reminds me it hits home because for me, it was going high school to college where all my friends got to go D1 and I went D3. The reality was like I was skilled enough 
and I knew I was skilled enough because I played club ball with all yeah, the yeah. kids that went D1. Like literally I was a starter on the same team that they were on during the club season, but then I didn't get recruited to go D1. And the, the reality smacked me in the face. It was, I didn't market myself yeah. as well. And I didn't market my value in the proper way. I didn't know my value and I didn't understand what they valued. Like I didn't understand what the next level truly valued. And for me, it was my senior year, like I just wasn't big enough, quote unquote, was 120 pounds soaking wet. I was skilled enough, but when they're playing statistics, when the next level is playing statistics, they're just going to bet on those statistics. And statistically, I probably wouldn't have done well at the next level, even though in my heart, I knew that I could handle anything and I would outwork anybody. That's such a good point. Sorry to cut you off is the fact that it transitions so well to the business world as well because of the fact that you were working so hard, but you didn't understand how to market yourself, right? And that was the same way. It hits home for me because I didn't really care. I was just like, oh, if I'm good- You just wanted to play hard. Yeah. If I'm good, someone will notice me. That's just not the truth though. Because like in same thing in business, like you could have the best product, the best service, but if nobody knows about it, no one's going to buy it and you're not going to get any sales, right? So like there is a little bit of like politics to that side of things where like you have to be seen by the right people and you have to market yourself in that way. And that's something I didn't do as well. And- it is what it is, you know. The question for me, and maybe you can ask yourself the same question, goes to did I not market myself because deep down I knew that wasn't the path for me? It's a good That's question. what I look back yeah. on. Because yeah. like I think and I'm like, soccer wasn't even my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Like hockey was my favorite sport. I just like kind of fell into soccer because mm-hmm. when they made you like when you get into high school, you have to like dial down. Like I was a four sport athlete, but they're like, Oh, to get into college, like you need to really focus on this one sport and my soccer team was the one that did the best. Yeah. Like we won more than any of the other sports and that's what made me choose soccer. And then when I really started thinking about the next level and, and all that stuff, I didn't love it as much as I thought I loved it. Yeah. I actually liked the community and the camaraderie more so. And for you, that's the question I have is where did that, play in your life when you transitioned from I'm going to go pro to okay now I'm fucking alone yeah oh my gosh like what type of toll did that take on you because that's a story I know when I talk to other males who were in athletics and had aspirations to go to this next level the biggest thing for them was they were on a team that was going somewhere and then it's like a blink of an eye and it's gone. Yeah. And then they didn't know what to do. So what was that part of your life? What did that look it like? Was, it was a rough like six to eight month transition. You know, your entire worth is built up in that as opposed to who you are. And I really didn't like who I was at the time anyway. My ego was super inflated. I won a lot of things like throughout life. And so I didn't understand to have people say no to you and all these things. And so um, wasn't the most integrous person. And I fell flat on my face, really. I I turned to alcohol, drugs, staying up late, playing video games, doing degenerate shit, honestly. Uh, I don't know if I... Can I curse on the podcast? Yes. Um, (laughs) Just be you, fam. (laughs) Yeah. So it took about six to eight months of just like, you know, I thought all I was supposed to be was a baseball player. But then I started to realize of like, what did I really like out of baseball was winning, leading, being able to rally up players, being the head of that space, being able to cultivate a winning culture and all that type of thing. So I was like, you know, I really like public speaking. I really like talking to people and I really like helping others. And baseball could have been a vehicle for that, right? The higher you get up, the more of a platform you have. But 
there's so many other vehicles that can help you achieve that same goal, right? The outcome could still be the same. So once I had that perspective shift, six to eight months later, I started, you know, meeting some new people. The turning point in my life, and I talk about this all the time, was I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired one day that I just took a video of myself. It was like a look in the mirror moment of like disgust. I took a video and I was like, dude, like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Like, you have so much potential and you're just not maxing it out whatsoever. You're inconsistent, all these different things. I look back on the video every time and I cry. It was just like just everything that I manifested there has come to light. And I consider that like my knock on the door to the universe of like, hey, I'm ready for more. I'm ready to get out of this rut that I put myself in and I'm ready to take it to the next level. And immediately after that, I linked up with my friend who used to coach me when he was like probably 30. Um, since then, he's been financially free since he was like 32, 33, just learned how to build different assets, learned the importance of self-development, reading, all that good stuff. And he talked to me a lot about that. I was like, dude, what do you do? How can I learn? So I started getting into reading again. I initially felt really forced, right? I was sitting there with a book with a timer saying 10 minutes. And if I was mid-paragraph, I would stop at 10 minutes because I was just like, oh, books. And then eventually that, that started to compound. I was like, I really like these things. One of the biggest books that I read in the, initially was The Compound Effect, understanding the ability to start small on something, eventually have those big wins. And that, that transitions, I'll tell you in a second, about how that turned into consistency wins. Then I got a job in the financial services industry, which allowed me to start winning again, because in sales, you can start crushing it. And initially, I started crushing it, made a ton of money in like my first month. And I was like, oh, this is an easy game. My grandmother passes away the next month and I do no work, fall back into kind of this rut slash depression of just staying in bed all day and you make no money and you realize, okay, this is something where you have to stay consistent and start working. Then get back on the horse a little bit, start uh, start creating some content because that was like where I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. So we just started to create some video content and connect with new people, get out of my comfort zone a little bit. And then my partner and I, we started a podcast. And I was like, you know, I have all these thoughts in my head and I just really want to get them out there. So like, let's just do it. And he was like, dude, I think what we have to slow this down and we have to like, no one wants to listen to two 23 year olds talk about success when we haven't reached <laughs> any bit of success. Right. So we met somewhere in the middle of like slowing this down and speeding it up. And we, we say it all the time. Like I'm all gas. He taps on the brakes and we both handle the steering wheel a little bit. And it's a great dynamic. Shout out Landon. What's the name of the podcast? It was called the Learn Lead Podcast at the time. We full up went on brand of Consistency Wins, so it's the Consistency Wins Podcast now. And that podcast really changed the trajectory of our life, honestly. Just the ability to network up and just meet new people, give other people a platform to share their world. And I considered it free mentorship at the time because like, I have access to higher level people to be able to selfishly learn, but then also broadcast that out to other people. My first thought was like, it's cooler to have a podcast than to not have a podcast. So I'm just going to have a podcast. And then eventually it started to evolve. I met you right through different networking and COVID when that happened was like, honestly, one of the biggest blessings selfishly, because of the fact that we turned to this virtual world that young guys like ourselves were already starting to transition to. And it just made networking and connecting a lot easier. And then once that happened, I was like, all right, I really want to take it to the next level. Where am I inconsistent in my life was fitness. I was so out of shape. I still wasn't working out. And like I was in really, really good shape playing and then didn't work out for like a year. And you could just imagine just like eating late night Taco Bell every <laughs> night and not working out like the disgustingness you feel in your body. And I was never someone to do things lightly. So every time I'd get back into working out, I would just go ham, just go full 
on like if it was like my third year consistent of working out and I would burn out after a couple of weeks. And I was like, you know what? Let me buy into these small, consistent wins every day. Let me just like win small every day. And it started with walking. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show up and I'm going to walk around the block. And then the next day, I'm going to walk a little bit further. Then I'm going to start jogging. And then I started biking. That biking turned into like 30 miles a day. And then eventually I started going to the gym and like creating the habit of getting to the gym. And then eventually, once you get in the gym, you're like, all right, let me go do some more stuff. Once you got that, you're, you're feeling a little bit less sore. You got the consistency. You have momentum. And now you can just start crushing it. And then eventually, that transition to being able to run a triathlon and all this cool stuff. And from that, I started posting this little thing of like consistency wins. And people were like, yo, like that's, that's really cool. Like consistency wins. And I was like, you know what? Let me just show up every day. I was starting to throw that out into the world. And once you say it to the world, now you have to do it as well. So it was more of an accountability thing as well on, on social. And then I just started posting consistency wins and it started to take off a little bit. And then I was like, now I need connection. Where can I start connecting with people that are like me? So how can I find people that are just as fucked up as I am in terms of wanting to massively increase their potential and max out their lives? And so it initially started out with like eight dudes. We would just discuss a book every month. And that started really going well. And then eventually I was like, you know what? We want more reach. We want more impact. So then at this point, it's transitioned to like 95 people, men and women in a big group chat. We meet once a month to do a webinar of like one of my ecosystem partners comes on and talks about what they do. They give their offers at discounts. And then every quarter, we have an author of like a world-renowned book come on and I do a Q&A with them and give everyone a platform to learn and level up, man. So it's been, it's been a solid journey. Still don't understand exactly the trajectory of where this all is going to head. You know, we do business consulting, financial consulting, all that stuff, but we really want to give athletes that are in that transition a bridge to get to the, where we got without having to go through what we had to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's the bigger you get, the more you realize that the small things are what matter the most. So it kind of reminds me if we're talking sports, like San Antonio Spurs, since we're here in Texas, mm-hmm. when they won all their championships, like it was not flash. It was literally just fundamentals. show up and do the fundamentals every single day. And that's what this whole conversation is reminding me. If you lose track of those fundamentals, like from sports into the real world, and I think a lot of athletes who become NARPs, as we say, um, non-athletic regular people, um, they forget the fundamentals that they were taught, where to become that great player that they were, it took just showing up to practice every day. And then when they showed up to practice every day, there was probably people around them that were better than them. But just practicing with those other people head on every single day made them better. And then once they got better and moved to a college or professional, then they are around people that are even better. And you keep leveling up together. Where my thought process goes is, okay, to be consistent, we have to know what inconsistency feels like. What do you think causes people that are consistent at some point in their life to fall off track and be inconsistent? That is such a great question. I can only speak from personal experience. For me, it was trying to achieve these massive goals too early, right? Over committing to something. You can commit to something and like achieve it for a couple weeks. But like if your daunting task is to uh, get something done so quickly, there's no such thing as unrealistic goals, only unrealistic deadlines, right? And we attach the outcome to who we are at the same time. When all you have to do is reverse engineer it, create an attainable yet realistic yet ambitious goal in the macro, but then reverse engineer it to 
get it down to the micro of what habit do I have to do today, right? It's exactly what we were talking about yesterday. We didn't have the most rigorous workout yesterday, right? But we understand where we want to be five years from now, and we understand that that pushed the needle forward. So I dialed it down to a system of five things that I needed to do to push the needle forward every day where my emotions no longer matter. I can deal with my, my emotions definitely matter in terms of my mental health and all that good stuff. But when it comes down to maxing out productivity, these five things had to get done no matter how I was feeling, if I was tired, sad, all that stuff. And I dialed it down to this acronym called BUILD. B stands for body. What can I do for my body today? Am I moving? Um, is that yoga? Is that looking like an actual workout? Am I running or am I recovering? Then U stands for you. What is it that I wanted to do today? Um, did I want to go for a walk with my dog? Did I want to get sunshine? Did I want to go lay by the pool? Or did I want to take on that project that I've maybe been pushing off for a little bit? I stands for income. How can I push my income needle forward? Does that look like, do I have to make a certain amount of calls? Do we have to do this podcast? All different things that show up in that space. Then L stands for love. That means relationships, right? How can I foster more relationships? How can I create new ones? And how can I keep nurturing past ones? That showed up for me initially where I started just texting three new people a day, like how their relationship, like what that meant to me. And that connects with people on such a personal level. So I highly suggest that one little action step that people can take from this podcast, reach out to one new person in your contacts list a day and just let them know you love them. It shows up different for sure. And then D stands for development, personal development. What am I reading? What am I listening to? What am I consuming from a content standpoint to continue to you know, develop as a human for sure? So that, that's what I've done. And if I can consistently do those things every day, I know even if I don't feel like I had a bad day, I know that the needle's getting pushed forward over time. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Antonio. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Antonio Baglica. If we were to parachute into your life right now, what does build look like? Yeah. So, so most of the time for my body, it's rather, um, getting a run in always recovering. So always doing like trigger point therapy. Um, I've understand the importance of using a foam roller properly and all that good stuff. Cause at the end of the day, the goal when you're doing all this stuff is to feel better yeah. long term, right? Like I don't want, I, I can't stand when people are in their forties, fifties, I'm like, wait till you get older. Wait till you feel like that. I'm like, I can't wait till I get older. Cause I'm only going to feel better. Cause I just gave my time, my, my life more consistency, right? I had more years to continue foam rolling and continue moving, right? And I'm sure you feel the same way. And so like, I want to run marathons at 70. You know, I've seen same. people do it. So that's uh, that's in the B category. You, 
right now, um, we're in Austin. So you yesterday, we wanted to get barbecue. Today, we're going to scope out the retreat spot. I'm getting the, the Thrive on Life tattoo. So next time you're here, <laughs> you'll see that. Dude, you're um, the man. I stands for income. So this morning, I had some some paperwork, a couple sales calls. I got another sales call tonight. And uh, you know, getting some content done, all that good stuff. Uh, relationships, connecting with new people here, right? Being an Austin, making it very intentional. What I would do with that wristband, um, which I actually ran out, we got to order a lot more. I would wear a new one every day. And my intention for the day would be, how can I connect with someone that deserves this wristband and give it to them and letting them know, hey, you know, I don't give these to everyone, but I really want to know I value, you know, the conversation that we just had. Would love for you to wear this. And that started to spark a lot more relationships. That showed up different. That was a way to foster new stuff. And then obviously like, not living back at home, my relationship with my parents, definitely I need to keep that up. So I always put it, I literally have a whiteboard where I check boxes off. One of them says, call mom. Because <laughs> mom mom gets angry when I don't call. And then D, the non-negotiables in personal development would be you know meditation, breath work, reading, minimum 10 pages. But I started to like shift from a metric of how many pages or how many books, because those, those things only serve my ego. It's like, what can I learn? How can I consume and how can I be more intentional about my learning? Because there might be one page that I study for a little bit longer because that was more impactful than just reading 10 pages to say I did it, right? So that's the shift that I really started to focus on. I love the end there because I feel like you can apply that in so many areas of your life. We get so attached to the outcome, the metrics of like, instead of like interpreting the book and how do I apply what I'm ingesting into my real world, I'm more focused on how many pages that I yep, read, yep. right? And I think anybody that has done a fair amount of reading over their life falls into that trap at some point. And something I'm going through right now is the realization that like new books aren't inspiring me. However, I started thinking, okay, if new books aren't really inspiring me, like hearing about new books, because it's like information overload. It's like yeah, I've yeah. read so much. I'm just like, ugh, I just want to take a break but I enjoy reading. So like, where do I fill that gap? And that's where I'm reading books that have had the biggest impact on me again, yeah. like four years later or five years later. And that's where I want to like take this conversation where if you were to look back on your life, like say like we took your mind now and put it into your body mm -hmm. five, 10 years ago, because maybe someone out there is listening is a college athlete or once still has those dreams um, or they're start trying to start their own business or they're 50 and trying to get healthier, whatever that is, what information have you ingested that you would then put into that person? Because it's more about going deep and narrow and learning the things that are important or the things to let go of mm -hmm. and then continuing to hammer that nail over and over and over again rather than... I feel like we live in this society where it's like more, 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 yeah. more, more. And the more you lean into kind of the things that we've been doing, building that acronym builds and just dialing it in and hammering that nail every day. One, people are going to be more at peace, which then brings happiness. But two, it just brings clarity. And I think yeah. that's what everyone craves is like clarity on their own life. So what would you say to that person? That's such a good question. You've, you asked some great questions, man. And I would say to your point, addition through subtraction, right? Most people think that, in order to change their lives or get out of the situation that they're in, that they need to add more things. But most of the time, it should show up in something that I should be doing something less, right? My I should start really doing an audit of my time. That's where I learned from the compound effect. I'm just a walking copycat, just to that's say fine. by the end of the day, that's all I do is I consume and I reiterate through my lens, right? Now, addition through subtracting, that looks like, where is my time? Let me audit that stuff. 
and where can I be more efficient in the things that I want to do? So right. if you were to like audit your time from the past, what were some of those things? Um, I played a lot of like mindless poker with no intention of just like just like recreation stuff. Um, I hung out with a lot of friends, smoked a lot of weed, things that were not serving me to push the needle forward in rather business or in my personal life or in the gym, things like that. And I wasn't bringing intention to the things that I wanted. I wasn't understanding of what my habits. Yeah, because like, like take smoking weed, for instance, like if you're utilizing it in a way of like, if you're going 12 hours a day and you just need to take an hour to like take a break and like, that's the thing that you take a break with. Cool. But that's intentionally using that thing. And this man, this, this part hits home with me. It's just like learning to intentionally use those different things rather than using whatever it is as a vice to escape reality. Yep. That was exactly kind of what I was doing and just, uh, aimlessly walking through life. You know, I would cut corners every chance I got. And I was able to manipulate just through uh, like being on a little bit higher level of consciousness without even being aware of it. I just had a little bit level of influence when I walked into the room. And I always thought that was ego. So I always like tried to like run away from that. And I realized like that's just how life is, right? Sometimes when you walk into a room, you have influence. There's leaders. And when I started to understand that I can use that in an integrous way, that's when like my life really started to shift of like, okay, I have a level of influence. Let me start to use that to help others in their lives. And how can I do that first? I got to figure my shit out. The best way I can help others succeed is for myself to succeed first. And that doesn't immediately mean just like succeeding with money or anything. That just means succeeding in terms of like, here's how I was, here's how I radically shifted. That's why I love fitness so much as well, because you could see the evolution. You can't hide not doing work in fitness, right? Like your body is going to shift for the better if you're consistent in your fitness. So there's metrics in that sense. And that's where metrics I think are super important is where, hey, here's where I was. Here's where I'm at now. The byproduct was the fact that I had to do all this work, but it didn't seem like work because I was doing so small of things in the micro that over time I knew were guaranteed to work. So that, that was really the, the mindset. Now, if I could tell myself 10 years ago, what to do would be more so like understand the importance of relationship capital understand the importance of working hard no matter who's watching in the sense of like I was really really good of being the hardest worker and being the leader when my coaches were watching or when the teachers were watching but how can I cut corners when they're not watching right how can I get out of having to run the mile because I know I'm not going to make the time because I would always use the excuse of I'm a catcher I don't need to run a 630 mile when instead I should just try and do it because that's what it takes to be the the best level so my mindset was I wouldn't say broken, just not developed. I wasn't reading. I wish I read some Tim Grover back in the day, maybe, to understand like what it really takes to be on that next level. And I thought I was because I was good, but good was a sample size in my little circle, right? So like we were talking about yesterday, you were the best player at the Y, maybe the most fit guy at the Y, but if you want to consistently be the most fit guy at the Y, then your goals are clearly not that big, right? Once you get out of the Y, you realize there's a lot more, there's a lot of people that are the most fit people at the Y. Right. So I, I there's how many wives across yeah, the US right? that there's the I'm most saying. fit person. Yeah, there. <laughs> exactly, man. So I started to realize that, like, how can I maximize the most potential for myself? Right. And that's what, like a lot of deep work. That's what COVID allowed me to do as well, because like I was with myself a lot more and I started to understand, like, where do I want to be and where can I go? And once you start to realize all the things that are possible, your vision starts to expand. Right. I say it all the time. Most people don't know what they want until they realize what they can have. So if two years ago, you told me that I would be moved into Miami, really cool apartment, having the business success that I have right now, being able to travel, location independence, all that cool stuff, 
I would laugh in your face. Like that was like, that would be, have been the end goal of that journey. When I started two years ago, as I start to do more and start to create and meet new people, that vision consistently expands. And I literally feel like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole all the time. I wake up with an anxiety every day of like, how can I get better? Sometimes it's detrimental to your health, but being a high achiever is not the most sustainable way to live as we talk about all the time, right? It's like, but what's the alternative? The polar opposite is being a loser. And it's like, not what I want to be at all. Not being a productive human to society is not what I want. So I'll bear the burden of having the anxiety to get better and maxing out my potential so that I can eventually help others do the same. I look at it as like, that's the good side of the ego. Mm -hmm. In our industry, I mean, ego, even on this podcast, like it gets brought up so much, the word ego. And it's a trigger word where like people are like always trying to like reduce their ego and, and be more humble. And I'll ask you this. Do you know the actual true definition of humble? No, I don't. You should look it up because a lot, so many people will be like, you should humble yourself and use the word improperly because the actual definition means like you should lower yourself. Like literally think less of yourself. So you shouldn't humble yourself. Ever. So you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the reason to humble yourself is in a scenario where it's a specific tool and action, not an overall state of being. So a good example is just like financial services. I don't, I don't know much about that, right? So if we were to have a conversation in that, I would humble myself to you in that specific instance. I like that. Yeah. But if you were to ask like, me, like how to do high rocks since you've never done one. You would humble yourself to me in that specific instance, but you don't humble yourself as a human being to me because you think of yourself as lesser than me. That is gold. In general. That is gold. Right? And that's what most people are doing and we're taught like be more humble. And then that's why the guy that's confident gets yelled at for being cocky and we have this huge internal conflict in society with that. And I think that's what a lot of high achieving athletes suffer from because there's a point to this whole rant that I'm going on. I don't necessarily think it was like you were just given everything. It was you went from this thing where you were really, really good. And then you go into the average everyday society and to believe you're good and to believe that you want more is bad. Yeah. Now you're a problem. So what do you then go towards the vices? Because you don't know how to even be yourself anymore. Me on the soccer field, I'm not allowed to be that in society. I'm not allowed to be the guy that's like throwing some elbows here and there. Mm -hmm. That's like cursing some people out, being aggressive. Like I'm not allowed to be that as a man in everyday society anymore. Well, the beauty of it is that you still can, right? But you have to customize your life into that scenario, right? Just like you've done with your community here. And that's what Consistency Wins came about of like, I need to find winners because as much as I love dearly my friends back home, we don't connect in that realm, right? And that doesn't mean that they're bad people. They just don't want what I want out of life. And so I started to force myself into those types of circles because there are people out there that 100% there are those people and they feel lonely as well, right? So connecting with them through my story and then having them share their stories, which is the same thing you're doing on this podcast, right? That's where one plus one starts to equal a trillion that we call it, right? where the power of collaboration with people that just constantly want to rise up, it's not competing against each other. It's competing with each other. Rising tides lift you know? all ships. Exactly. And when I, to clarify, when I said the word aloud, like in that small fish tank, I was mm -hmm. seen as not yeah, being exactly. allowed. Yep. But then you move to this larger fish tank and it's actually encouraged, mm -hmm. right? So anyone out there, the reason I even told that story, if you're listening to this and this discussion and you're feeling like you can't be yourself because you do have higher aspirations, you just have to switch your fish tank. Yeah. 
ultimately that's what I was getting at because you're talking about moving Miami and, and all these other things that you're getting into. That's, that's what you did. You didn't, you didn't see that you were going to have the success because you didn't know that that, that was the average every day yeah. for some other people out there. And the more that you grow, like I think about this all the time, like you could name some of the world's most famous people, but if you were to go to Africa right now and ask people there in a tribe who these people are, they wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. So the reality is this is where the bad side of the ego gets most of people is they're trying to be known by a lot of people rather than known well. And what I mean by that is you take me as a type of person that focuses more on being known well and showing up as a person that has integrity and is willing to show up consistently in the ways, just like sending those three, those text messages, right? Antonio is going to be known well the goal isn't to send a hundred text messages a day to random people. The goal is the three text messages to people I actually care about. And then I'm going to be known for this specific thing. So that's where my next question goes towards is like with consistency wins and with everything that you're working towards, what do you want that trajectory to be known for over the next decade or two decades? So what I want it to be is, the one-stop shop for business athletes. Like when I close my eyes, the, the, the vision always shifts, but I think about this mega complex or whatever that looks like to where if I'm a high-achieving CEO or I'm a big-time entrepreneur or I'm a professional athlete, I can go, because um, obviously our main business is business consulting and financial consulting at the same time. So right, you can go and get that worked out, but there's also a mega gym to go work out with high-level trainers backed by science. And then there's nutrition all that stuff integrated in one, right? So the entire build system allowing other people to create the most highly effective habits. So I want to be the one-stop shop for you know human performance optimization at the end of the day. I want to allow other people to maximize their lives. And there's so much room for that. People might be like, oh, that market is tough to break into, but you don't need a million people in your community. Whoever I can affect on a small scale, that's fine with me. Like you said, if the, the relationships are getting deeper, there's seven point something billion people in this world, right? In order to grow a successful business or in order to achieve the impact that you want, you just got to start the spider web small, right? If I can talk to you and you and I have a good conversation, you take something away, I take something away, you're going to tell somebody about me, I'm going to tell somebody about you, and then our impact's going to expand that way. So David Meltzer one time, he told me who he, he changed our podcast around because David Meltzer, big time entrepreneur, he basically gave us access to his entire podcasting agency, one of the reasons that you and I linked up, and he basically said he wants to inspire 1 billion people to be happy. I'm like, like, what the fuck does that look like? How can you know? How do you have a metric? Even though there isn't really like a quote unquote metric though, through having a big social following or through making an impact through speaking engagements, all that stuff, people are going to take it away and then put it into their sphere of influence and then vice versa, the same thing. And it keeps trickling down, creates this massive web, which is that's how you reach a billion people. And so I'm just really taking what I can from people who are in positions where I want to be. And I just copy what they do. What do their habits look like? How can I put that, implement that into how I operate and just stay consistent every day, honestly? Yeah, it's it's the zero to one. I don't know if you've listened to that by Peter Thiel. Have you no. ever, you should probably, at this point in your, in your journey, you should probably listen to that book um, or read the book. Mm -hmm. I've done both. The reason you want to focus on like zero to one or, my first million, I've mentioned this before, is another podcast that I listened to where they talk like A to B to Z. What is A to B? You just told me, what do you want to be known for? But like in the next year, what is the zero to one of that? What are some of the things that you're working on right now to bring that 
dream into reality? And what does it look like on a small scale? What does that little spider web look like? Because I think this is what traps people the most is they're thinking about Z or they're thinking about 100. They're not thinking, how do I go zero to one? They don't even know like yeah. that zero to one mentality um, because we're raised in a society that like the teacher just hands you the test every week and you just do that week over week over week, month over month over month, year over year, decade. And then you graduate and you're just like, oh, I was just getting fed the carrot every single time. But when you go to create your own system and you're the one that has to hand yourself tests mm -hmm. every month, it becomes very overwhelming. So hopefully this little chunk will inspire somebody else out there to go zero to one in their own journey yeah. because they understand kind of like you just gave them that big aspirational of what you want to be known for. But what does that look like this year? Yeah. Just start, start so small, right? It's literally what my day to day looks like every day. And like, that's where Atomic Habits was very huge for me. I was trying to find some big word to, <laughs> to describe it, but um, very it was really, large, yeah, very impactful for my life was understanding that like systems are better than goals, right? Goals are cool because of the fact that you can have a number attached, like you understand that there's a metric attached to it, but the system allows you to hit goals in perpetuity, right? So that's where I started to engineer, what does my system look like? What am I using in terms of applications for my productivity? We were just talking about how you organize all your content and all that stuff. That's part of the system. Build ended up being my system there. And just doing that every day and then realigning it every week or every month to understand what is the overarching metric that we're looking to achieve and are we in alignment? And all you have to do is tweak the system, right? Sometimes you have to tweak the goal. For example, I set out goals this year and I don't really, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy, but goal setting, I still think is relatively important. Just understanding what you want out of life. Um, yeah, if you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. Exactly. And you're just kind of meandering. Yeah, and that, that was what I did for a long time. Like, all right, I'm super productive, but like, what the, what the hell am I trying to do? And so I started to really dial in on goals. And one of them was like, drink less than 10 times this year. So I started doing that. I was like, all right, so all very easy. All I have to do is not identify as a drinker. What does a person that doesn't drink do? They don't drink. That's that simple. And the external influences, even moving to Miami, it didn't stop me because I really wanted to increase my health, all that good stuff. So drinking just wasn't, wasn't it for me. And then I started to look at it. I was like, you know what? Like, why is my goal to drink less than 10 times a day? The only reason that it would be that way. 10 times way, a day? Uh, uh, ten, 10 times a year. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, be drinker, yeah, bro. Sorry, nine's my limit per day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was like, it really is just to serve my ego so that I can tell somebody that I'm doing this goal, right? So I was like, you know what? Why don't I just say I'm going to drink whatever the fuck I want to and I'm just not going to drink that much. And like most of the time I don't want to drink anyway. So that's better for my long-term lifestyle. That becomes a part of my system of just like, hey, I'm just not going to drink that much. And that's just an easier thing. Somebody comes up to you like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Hey, I only have like seven out of 10 more times that I could drink this year. It's like a dumb conversation where would be like, all right, hardo, you know, like you don't have to like go that crazy in life. And that's where I started to be picky and choosy with the things that I was like incorporating into the systems and the goals. So if once you have the system, you know that you're going to hit those goals and that starts to show up with more self-confidence. That's the, the equation that I kind of dialed down to is happiness equals self-confidence and self-confidence equals doing hard shit every single day because that provides your subconscious the evidence that you are that person, right? So you shift the identity. Now you have the system. Then you just execute to eventually tell yourself that you are that, that person. And then eventually you look up and you're like, holy shit, like I did it. I did, and it's not that long of a time. Like this entire journey took me two and a half years and I'm just getting started. So it's, it's exciting, man. Yeah, you learn that there's a lot of wasted time and space. Mm -hmm. in, in life if you allow for it and that's for me 
like especially growing up on the East Coast, like there was so much wasted energy. You mentioned video games, right? Everyone has either video games or Netflix or watching TV or like scrolling on social media. If you take that chunk of time out of your day and you're forced to make it more productive, you would be extremely surprised by how productive you could actually be just in one week, Yeah. let alone like years. For men, I'll just implement one thing before you start. For men especially, porn. That's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. And then on top of that, swiping on Tinder or yep. – I, I say Tinder because the last time I was single, that that was the only <laughs> app out there, bro. Like, yeah. It's Bumble and uh, whatever the other things are. Um, I don't even know. Um, but the, one of the, in my men's group, the big discussion is like how much time is spent on the apps. They call them the apps. And yep. like yeah. a lot of the goals when we set new goals each month is like, oh, I'm deleting the apps this month. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me because I'm just like, wow, like that – area of my brain had like no energy had to have been spent in that area of my life in so long. And I was like, wow, that has made me really productive in all these other areas, which is interesting. But to dial even deeper into that initial question that I asked, what does that look like from the business front? So like this year, like you mentioned some of your goals, like I'm a person that drinks less, but what does drinking less look like in business for consistency wins? So it's like, what are the big things you're working towards just this year that will culminate in that long-term legacy dream that you were yeah discussing. Great, great question so especially on the consistency win front it ha- it's not bringing us like necessarily like that community we haven't monetized it yet and we've done that intentionally because we've just been you know two years of just bringing values because then eventually when you ask when you start selling things it's just so easy because people want to give back anyway and so this year we set aside a small amount of goals of like, okay, so our focus is of growing our business, but then also this needle gets moved forward every single day in the consistency wins front, right? So it's like what that shows up is like creating more interactions in the group, right? Just to, to foster more discussions, sticking to the monthly webinars and the books. And then the big thing that we're doing is the retreat, which is why I'm in Austin right now is we're scoping out a spot to have a retreat for all entrepreneur and self-employed people within that community to finally give that in-person experience for everyone to meet. And we're not taking a dollar profit from that experience whatsoever because we want to dump every dollar and make it the best and most valuable experience for everyone so that they can talk about that for years. And then each year, more people want to come. And then eventually we're running multiple retreats and then events and then speaking engagements. Then you and I are collabing in things and running events. And that's really what I want to do is create these massive in-person experiences because like, one, selfishly, it gives me a platform to talk and I like talking and I like doing public speaking and all that good stuff. But if, I really just enjoy seeing people want to thrive in their lives, which is why I was so on brand when, when I learned about Thrive on Life and like what your mission was. I was like, yo, like I'm going to find a way to like work with these dudes or something like that. And that's why I stayed in touch with you and Hamza. These guys are exactly in line with what I want to do with my life. And so I've just kept trying to find those types of people. So on that side and consistency wins, that's what it looks like in business. Um, and to your point earlier is like when you shift your vision because of all the different, like you change your environment, right? For example, at this point in my life, I'm 25 and I would be considered like crushing it back home in Long Island, New York. Like people are like, Oh my God, dude, like you're making good money. You could just coast man. Like, and I could live a very comfortable life, but like that is the scariest thing of my, like the scariest thing isn't even like being poor is like living the most comfortable life and just coasting because it's a true reality where like you could put it on autopilot and you could live comfortably. And then you move to Miami and people are doing what your one year goal is. You got 21 year olds doing that in a month. 
and from an income standpoint, it's like, wow, okay, there is levels to this shit, and I'm excited to play the game because at the end of the day, it's a game. Alex Ramosi talks about it all the time. Like, it's a big poker game, and you collect your chips, and eventually you push your chips back into the table, right? So how many chips can I collect to eventually create more impact? And I mean that genuinely. I think two years ago, I was trying to collect the chips for like just the ego of like posting on private jets and all these cool things. But how can I collect the most amount of chips, meaning the most impact and influence and money at the same time, to have the resources to dump into all different things, right? Charity projects, creating more communities, creating more experiences. Because at the end of the day, people say, oh, it's not about money. It's not, but money is a driving force in being able to do all that stuff. I love how you use the poker reference because I think what a lot of people do in today's world is like, if you were to like look at the world sees a poker, like everyone's different. They all play differently and they show up differently. They're dressed differently. The best players in the world though, aren't trying to play like the player to the left or the right of them. And I find that to be a huge struggle of a lot of the people that I'm helping is they'll look at these different people, brands, businesses, and compare themselves to them rather than seeing that other brand as an asset, even if you're in the same field. Like, so for us, like you just mentioned that you connected with Hamza and I, even though we're doing similar things, like the way that you describe consistency wins is like the business side and then the gym and then nutrition, like that, that is what thrive, right? Like, but People earlier on in the in the game, as you would say, or people back home, what they see, and we learn this in competition, is that like when we're in sports, like the player on their team is the threat. Rather, as you start growing, you go to places like Austin or, or Miami. It's just like it's not a zero sum game. It's an infinite game. It's just like, dude, how do we both leverage each other to make a bigger impact, more money, more time, freedom, more time to be with our friends, family, loved ones, and and do the things that we want to do while we're here on this earth and we're blessed to still have heartbeats to do so. That was one of the major things that that I learned over the years was just like with Thrive, the more that I can connect with people that just have similar missions, like if you have the same exact mission as me, great, because we can help each other. Yeah, now Not, you can have a Thrive presence. Exactly. And yeah. Vice versa. And exactly. Yeah. And then like, how do like, when I throw Thrive events, how do I use the word consistency more? Or like, maybe you create a build notebook and then I give that to my community and yeah. then vice versa. And then that's something that I always on every single podcast or every episode that I want to convey is just like literally one of the reasons I love doing a podcast is this is bringing like-minded people on to level each other up and continue to grow because you mentioned that there's 7 billion people on this earth. Like Elon Musk, richest person in the world, literally lives here in Austin, Texas now, like is building in Austin, Texas. I don't even think he owns a house. Like he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But it's just Wild. like he's playing such a different game yeah, yeah. and it's just like he doesn't like – he he doesn't care that there's competition or there's like he's just trying to fulfill and solve some of the problems that he thinks are the most important in this world. And from a micro level, that's what all of us should be doing. And that's where my next question is on the micro front, because at the end, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. We got like five to 10 more minutes. I'd love to connect you with people that you professionally can help if they're listening to this. So when you talk business consulting or financial consulting um, or even just problem solving in general, who are the types of people that are listening right now that should connect with you? Yeah, great question. So we like to work with growth-minded individuals, right? So when we're business consulting, we're financial consulting, we're talking about saving money or investing money or 
finding different tax strategies to save different money to then invest more into the business or whatever that looks like, right? So if you have a scarcity mindset, it's impossible to work with someone like that, right? Because of the fact that you're going to try and penny pinch and all that stuff. At the end of the day, the shift becomes how can I make more money? Not how can I save and not be able to like cut back the $4 Starbucks a day. Don't recommend spending $5 on Starbucks every day, but the focus should shift on how can I be able to afford a $30 Starbucks per day? You know what I mean? So that's where we're really trying to work with people that have an abundance mindset that are looking to bet on themselves. Stage one, stage two entrepreneurs, ideally, that are in a place where their businesses are up and running, where we can connect them with our tax planning service to where how can we help you save money on taxes? And then where can we work to help grow your business revenue? And then what are you taking from your business from in terms of distributions for your personal wealth to then eventually grow your legacy there? And that shows up the form of investments, insurance, all that good stuff, employee benefits, all that stuff. So from a business consulting standpoint, how can I connect you with people that are going to help you market your business better? How can we create strategies to grow your business? And then how that eventually grows your personal wealth. You need to do something with your personal wealth as well. We can help you manage your assets. We can help do your insurance, all that good stuff as well. So that's what it shows up as. So when you mention stage one or stage two, like what, what type of revenue are we talking? So people? ideally, we want to work with people making at least $3 million in revenue. But we're still at a point where we're working with people making a million, half a million around there. People that want to connect via this podcast, more than happy to talk to anyone that's even getting started just looking to save money on the on the micro level if you're just working a nine to five. Um, but from a marketing standpoint, where we're going to market ourselves, that's where we're really going to go because the beauty of it is you can acquire less clients so that you can put more attention to detail into those people and make more money at the same time. So that that's the really cool thing about it is like, it's not about working less and making more, but it's about, there's a lot of like, non-revenue generating activity that has to get done from like a paperwork standpoint. That just like reduces my quality of life, if that makes sense, right? Where I can just like, okay, I can delegate that, really work well with X amount of people and still make the income and continue to grow in that space. So yeah, free up your time to make a large impact. That's it. That's what, like, that's, that's what we were like, get the money out of the way so we can focus on living life, right? Yep. Most people say, what do you do? And your answer is, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm an accountant, <laughs> or I do this. It's like, no, how do you live? Like, what do you do with your life? Like, we went on the lake. I enjoy going out on the lake. I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy working out and all this good stuff. That's what I do. How do I make money? Okay, that's one little small piece. And there might not even a, be a play for you and I to connect in that space, right? But that doesn't mean we can't be friends. That's, that doesn't mean we can't do life together. Yeah. So, and it goes back to the spider web. Like, how do you make money by podcast? Like, you're on this podcast right now. How does that attach to the way that you make money? Mm -hmm. Well, the way that it would attach is like, maybe someone on here has a problem that you could help solve. Yep. And then therefore, like, everybody's happy at that point. I'm happy because I need the connection. We were talking about this before the podcast. Like, ultimately, like, that's my... My dream is to just connect people and I, I look at myself as a super connector and the podcast helps me do that because like infinite amount of people can listen to this and then reach out to you and then get connected to you yeah. and then you can solve their problem and then it's just like this circle that continues to happen. That's if they were, point. If that were to happen, how do they best reach you though? So right now would be uh, on Instagram, avaglica, um, A-V-A-G-L-I-C-A. Um, then Twitter is Antonio underscore Vaglica, really putting a focus on there. Um, Antonio Vaglica on LinkedIn. I'm very responsive on all on the social platforms. Um, you can listen to the Consistency Wins podcast. That's uh, you know, we've been solid. I just I want I actually want your feedback after this. I, I posted my first like um, individual like nine minute little segment of me ranting, Let's talking go. about creating a sense of urgency. And that that's one thing that kills me is people just wait for things to come to them and instead of just like 
you know, the, there's a foot in the door. Like you were telling me, some guy told you to fly out to Colorado. Boom, flight booked tomorrow, today, whatever that looks like, right? Just taking massive action. And that's what- No negotiation. That's like, it. That's the thing. You can't negotiate with yourself. Like, yep. that's that's what kills people. They'll negotiate back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then that negotiation takes so much energy that they just make no decision. Yep. Rather, it's like, you don't even allow for that negotiation. Like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to run three miles and there's no negotiation. It's just, yep. you just do it. It's flow state, baby. No decision is a decision at the end of the day, right? So like, that's where I was always that type of guy, which I'm blessed. I guess that that was just a, kind of the innate ability that I was given. It was like, I'm going to just do something and figure it out later, right? So like, I can overcommit to something and then like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. And to your point of the super connector, that's really what I set out and manifested the last couple of years. Like, I don't really specialize in much. Like, I'm not an expert in anything, but like what I'm good at is getting a team of experts around me or linking you up with the person that you need to be talking to. So all I wanted to it's do was- CEO be, mindset. Exactly. It's a leader mindset. And and there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of impact and a lot of income from that, you know, from being that super connector. So all I wanted to do was like position myself as that person where if you have a problem, I should probably talk to Antonio, right? Shit, I should talk to Antonio. Like somebody- um, you and I connect, right? You connect with somebody and they're talking and they're like, oh, I think you should talk to Antonio, right? And that just continues that web effect because I'm probably going to be like, I think you should talk to that person. And it's the same thing with reading at the same time. That's why books are so powerful and evergreen is that like you read a book and the coolest part about reading a book is like somebody comes to you with their life and you're like, I'm not an expert, but I think you should read this book, preferably chapter three of this specific thing and just recommending them. It just becomes that same spider web effect. So I love that. And unfortunately- we're getting close to wrapping up here. I could literally sit here and talk about this shit all day, every day. I love it. Um, but you got to get out to Wimberley and check out the retreat spot, yes, sir. which I'm super hyped for. Last question that I always ask everybody is, if I were to say, what does thriving mean to you? What does it mean to thrive? How would you respond? I have a good answer for that because it's it's what I put on my whiteboard every day. And if I can answer this question, I know that my life is moving forward are my habits a reflection of who I want to become? If my habits are consistently a reflection of the person that I want to become, I know I'm thriving. And I'm in in full alignment with my life in all areas, not just one. There's no balance because if there's balance, then you're obviously giving up something to achieve, right? So like being a high achiever and a high performer, the balance doesn't really exist. But understanding where you need to focus your attention, where you go vertical, and that could look like three to five different things, right? Family, relationships, all that good stuff, your fitness, mind, body, business, and your family um, and your God. That's where if I'm in alignment and consistently say that I'm doing everything I can to further my life, that's where I feel like I'm thriving. And the thriving is in the process of it all because you look back and... I feel like I haven't really attained much level of success. But two years ago, that person would think like unfathomable success of the level I'm at right now. And the most fun I've had was just being in the process of doing the whole thing. And I read it and I hear it all the time of just like when people get to that end result, they look back and they realize that the most impactful time that they're having, the most time they felt like they were thriving is when they were doing the work. And so I feel like I'm thriving every day as long as I'm in alignment. Some wise words right there. I'm excited to re-listen to that and chop that up and use it in my everyday life. At the end of the podcast, I always take a couple seconds to describe what was my biggest takeaway on this one. There was a lot of takeaways, but I loved the fact that you use the acronym BUILD because I created an acronym out of Thrive. And I think it's something that everybody should do. When I heard you say it, 
it just reminded me of how impactful it is to me and how impactful certain acronyms and equations are for me in everyday life. And that's something that I noticed that the average person I don't think is doing, uh, especially for themselves. They might attach themselves to other people's acronyms, but it's there's just something powerful about bringing your own ideas to life and to parlay that. If you can create the acronym and then you can consistently show up for that acronym every single day. So for Thrive, it's time, health, relationships, income, vision, and experiences. So I just outline my goals in those different things. That's what helps me when I ask, like, am I thriving? I can then find, like, am I thriving where I'm spending my time, my health, my relationships, my income, my vision, and my experiences? Or am I building just like Antonio was talking about? And then on top of that, I can say yes or no to I'm thriving in those areas. But more importantly, am I consistently working towards the different letters in those areas. And if I'm not consistent, I'm not building the habits to be the person that I want to become, that's where I need to start. So above and beyond money and success and all those things, it's like creating that simple acronym and then consistently showing up for it and creating the habits to show up for that is going to massively change your life in the long run if you're able to do that. So that was my takeaway here today. Thank you again for spending your time. I'm very excited for all that's to come. But if you were listening to this podcast and you connected with what Antonio had to say, one, reach out to him. He told you where to find him at. Save and share this with a friend that you think it could have an impact on and give us that five-star rating. I love y'all. I'll talk to you next time. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.